welcome to episode 7 of the Sweet Spot on a Farm podcast. If you are listening for the first time, this podcast is all about well-being, healthy eating, healthy living, healthy mind and mainly food. A lot of food. We always talk about food at some point and each week I have a different guest talking about their passion for their work in the wellness, natural health or healthy food industry and we always end up talking about food. I want to know why they do what they do, what is good about their work and what it means to be healthy for them and I want to know what they eat and why and what it means to eat healthily. No matter what my guests do for a living we always talk about food and share recipes because we all love food and we love to nourish our body with nutritious and tasty stuff. Today is going to be no different and this episode is exciting for two reasons. Firstly we have a podcasting And secondly, my guest is a friend of mine whom I met about five years ago as my new housemate back then. And we might no longer live together, but uh, we are still friends. And she is a natural therapist, um, trained in a few different disciplines, and she is incredibly passionate about her work. So let's listen to Roisin Cairns from The Little House of Calm. Enjoy! Hi, Rasheen, how are you? Hi, Susanna, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, oh my God, people, she's terrified. <laughs> she's totally terrified. <laughs> First thing I'd like to say is that Rasheen and I, we've known each other for a good few years and we actually used to be housemates. It was a household with a lot of healthy food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, we were just talking a little um, about our cabbage soup that neither of us have made in a long time, but that was Rasheen's recipe and it was absolutely gorgeous. This spicy cabbage soup with coconut milk. Oh my god, I'll have to tell you all about it sometime. But first about Roisin. Roisin, would you be able to tell our listeners what it is that you do in the Little House of Calm? Because you have been trained in quite a few disciplines and complementary therapies. What is it that you do? Well, the Little House of Calm is um, my private practice and it um, is based just outside Lurgan, set in the countryside. So I have a beautiful log cabin that was purpose-built for my therapies. Um, at the time when I had first trained in uh, reflexology and aromatherapy, I thought I would look around Belfast for a place to rent. And um, the prices were so high or whatever, I just thought, you know, I could own my own place for that money. So I decided I'd invest in my own uh, log cabin. And we built it in my parents' back garden, amongst my father's vegetable garden. So it is a lovely setting and it's been there for 10 years now. I use it for both one-on-one therapies as well as group workshops. So I I had a a workshop there yesterday and we had a group of women and we were out. We actually weren't out doing Tai Chi because it snowed, but that was the original plan. But we do a whole load of uh, different kinds of therapies and healing techniques, putting people in touch with their own healing. We work on empowerment and uh, self-confidence, stress management. So I love doing the group work as well as the one-on-one. The one-on-one work is um, reflexology, aromatherapy, homeopathy and um, head massage. Also life coaching, so that's a talk therapy that I trained in a couple of years ago. And then I would also give people pointers and recommend them on to maybe other practitioners or therapists in the area. 
maybe in nutrition or whatever. So I'll give them a few pointers in that as well, you know. But basically, what I believe I do is help people or support people to get in touch with their own healing energy and put them in back in touch with their bodies as well, you know, because I think um, we can be completely disconnected from our bodies and living in our heads a lot of the time. Through the therapy, such as reflexology, we induce a deep state of relaxation. And when we go into that zone, you're allowing the mind to rest. So I encourage people not to focus on their thoughts, just allow the thoughts to pass by and keep bringing their attention back to their body, being aware how you're holding your body. Because quite often we're tightening up um, our jaws, our fists and our shoulders. And we're actually not aware of it. So I keep reminding people, let go. And through that, that puts them into a deep state of relaxation along with the therapy. And it is something that you, you would hope that it carries on. It's like teaching a new skill. It's not just for that hour they're with me. It's for the next day to keep checking in with their bodies where it's at. you know, And learning to not have our minds terrorise us or you know, constantly thinking and badgering ourselves about this, that and the other. It's kind of like active mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is a very popular word in the last few years and you can go and do degrees in it now. But as we know, it's been around for thousands of years. In Eastern medicine, they've used it. Did you say you were doing a Tai Chi in the snow or you didn't do it because... It because it was snowing, yeah. When I'm doing the group workshops, um, I like to start off with doing a bit of Tai Chi outside but a chakra tai chi you know and it's again getting you in touch with your the flow of your body you know again we can be very disconnected from our own healing energy and each one of us has an innate healing system in our body and um, when we are very stressed this rush 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 we've all these time-saving gadgets mobile phones and microwaves and all all these things but we still feel we don't have enough time you know so it's about slowing down when we are go 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 stressed trying to be the perfect human being we get ourselves very worked up and we create the stress hormones in the body and when the stress hormones are in the body weakens our immune system for a start and we can be susceptible to colds flus or whatever and because uh, our immune system is weakened by this overload of hormones in the body. Eating all the most amazing food and doing all the exercise, those stress hormones, hormones can actually overrule that. So it's vitally important that we introduce more relaxation and time out into our lives. Along with that and exercise, you know, it's the synergy it's never just one thing, never just one thing. It's always the balance between them all. Mind, body, emotions, spirit, if you like, as well. It's amazing when people come to me and uh, they are so hyped up and they don't sleep. So it is wonderful when you actually help support them into that zone of relaxation. And they come out and they're like blown away that they were able to shut off. And again, that's a tool for life. You want that to be carrying on into your day-to-day -day life. If you think of the body as a record of your life, you know, it's like an extraordinary complex recording system 
the body registers every significant event in your life and you're storing that up in your tissues and systems of your body. There is considerable evidence now. We've all known it. We've all known it for millennia, really. But we do have the, the scientific evidence now as well that the, these experiences of life are stored in the body. And until they are released and cleared, a person is not able to function at their physical and psychological potential. You know, so that's where we body workers come in. Talk therapy is invaluable. Life coaching, homeopathy, they're all really good tools, you know, but the body work is equally as important to help release that out of the body and trauma is stored in the body. And actually, I specialise in the field of trauma. I've worked in that field from, from the outset, from I started, so every year I'm always doing courses. Obviously, here, uh, growing up in the north of Ireland, we have lived through a, an armed conflict. So our society is traumatised. A lot of people don't maybe recognise it because they may not have been directly affected. but it seeps through everyone. So I'm very passionate about the rehabilitation of our society, you know, and the healing and transformation of that to release that from the psyche of our people, really, you know. So, um, yeah, that's uh, really important to me. And I work in a couple of grassroots organisations with people who've been traumatised. Your work for other organisations seems quite different from your own private practice. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that, if, if you can. And mm -hmm. I know it's very difficult, but would you briefly tell us why you got into this work with trauma? It is a passion for me, it's, and it's a way of life. It would have been from my own personal experience, as I mentioned before, um, about the um, growing up through the armed conflict, and that is something that came to my home and my family suffered a great loss of my two brothers and that was in the 90s which was a time of major atrocities and terrorism you know in our communities innocent people thankfully I had a very supportive family who actually got me lots of therapies as a teenager I wouldn't have been sleeping and, uh, you know, I'd have been very distressed, very distressed and, uh, you know, with flashbacks and very angry and all these kind of things and, and grieving as well. So my aunt, my godmother and another aunt actually got me um, ongoing complementary therapies and it was mainly reflexology. So really through that, it was that I discovered, oh, this really helped me, you know, it did help me sleep. Or maybe I would have not been able to sleep until the sun come up, you know, because I hated the dark or whatever. And now I was starting to sleep through the night and things, and that's just worth its weight in absolute gold. I mean, it's incredibly invaluable. So that's where my passion comes from, because I know it worked for me. And whilst people are all individuals, and what works for one doesn't necessarily work for everyone, bearing that in mind, I do still believe it will work for the majority of people. I'm saying it's going to cure. I'm not saying it's going to cure, take all your pain and troubles away, but it definitely helps support your symptoms and helps release the trauma that's stuck in the body, helps to calm the 
adrenal glands, you know, that fight or flight, when people have been traumatised, that is firing off constantly, all day, every day or whatever. So they're always in high alert, high anxiety and hypervigilant and whatever. So it can really help calm that whole thing down. And also, um, you know, within my, my own family, my father was very outspoken. He always encouraged us to talk. So I felt that was an um, important part of our recovery and healing was him helping us talk, forcing us to talk really, we never wanted to, but he helped us letting it out, releasing it, writing it down. He always encouraged us to write as well. I wrote poems and reams of stuff I written, but it's a really good therapy. I encourage anyone who's suffering anyway, you know, get it onto the page. It really helps process it. And also then my mother as well, well, she's a quieter person, she, I think this is a really important thing for us as a family, was actually the night that it happened, um, when the, the doctors arrived at the house, and, uh, and he, the doctor gave my mother these pills and said, give that to Liam and Roisin, Liam being my, my brother, uh, older brother, um, give that to Liam and Roisin, that will get them through the night and my mum in her infinite wisdom threw those pills into the fire and said if we can't get them through this nothing can and from that day none of us ever took uh, a pill like a diazepam or antidepressant or whatever I'm not criticising that doctor or anyone else who does use medications absolutely not but I do know we have went on to live fulfilling lives, you know, and because we had to go to the depth of our pain and pull ourselves out of that with our own natural resources. I think that that was a really important point in our lives and for our healing and recovery. And I feel the stronger for it. And I do feel I do avoid um, conventional medicine, but I also feel, yeah, people do need it. You know, and it can definitely help people. There's people with all chronic things and, you know, we're not God. We don't have all the skills and knowledge to, to help everyone. So, yeah, it can get people through a tough patch, you know, and I think even medications on a short-term basis can help people get through a, a tricky spot, you know. But I do think ultimately you do have to face your pain or whatever and, and get through it yourself because you can become stuck and numb. So was it a conscious ultimate decision or was there ever any time in your life where you thought you were going to do something completely different? Well, good question, yes, good question. I went and studied media for four years and media studies and it was really just for me. I'm a creative person, I'm, I can't draw and whatever so I thought oh I'll do media I just randomly kind of picked it and seemed like a good idea at the time and I did enjoy it because it was a way to explore my creativity and, and use it or whatever but when I did my work experience I was kind of going I don't want to work in this field it's not me so then I kind of um, did a bit of traveling in Latin America which was a really um, incredible experience and turning point my life as well then I came home and then I started working in these jobs and offices and oh it was horrendous I felt like a caged animal I just couldn't cope I couldn't cope in in those um environments 
I'm from the countryside. I like to be outside and breathe fresh air and things like that. But also just those environments is not me and it got really depressing. You know, it was like mind-numbingly boring. There was no challenge, but I was a bit lost. I didn't know what I was going to do. And actually, there was one woman um, that I knew called Noelle Ryan, who has passed away a few years ago. Noelle set up the Belfast School of Homeopathy. Incredible woman. The Belfast School of Homeopathy, by the way, was set up by her because she was looking at her community, mainly West Belfast, North Belfast, and she was seeing that the people were being kind of zombified by medications. They were going through re repeated traumas. You think about the 70s and whatever in Belfast. And they're being traumatised every day, really, you know. And she's just seen everybody's just been handed out these medications or whatever. It's like there has to be another way, you know. She's thinking, she was forward thinking. She's thinking about the future, this future of our community. And she set up the Belfast School of Homeopathy to help educate people about health. Not just homeopathy, but health overall, really. The beauty about it as well, it was a cooperative. So if you were a single mother, you could also go and train. You didn't have to be, you didn't have to have the three or four grand in the bank to do it. You know, not many people really have that luxury. So she set it up on the basis that we did a lot of fundraising to help support each student you were to give what you could afford. So if you were well off, you give a bit more or whatever. So it's a beautiful, it's still going today and it's a, it's a really invaluable um, source for the West Belfast community and beyond. So anyway, I wrote her a letter. I says, Noel, I'm just, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do with my life. I'm in these dead end jobs and it's, they're actively depressing me. What can I do? And um, so then she basically set me on the course as well and gave me a few ideas and I started training homeopathy and she um that was a year later actually initially she got me a little bit of work through the therapies sorry I'm jumping ahead there I did the reflexology pardon me just out of interest and when I, I just seen it in the newspaper one day and I thought oh I'll circled it and oh yeah I think I'll do that started doing the course and um realised as I was doing it, you're thinking about maybe I was like my mid-twenties, I was like, oh God, I kind of already know a lot of this stuff. And then I realised when I was a teenager, yeah, because I got loads of reflexology. My aunt's wider family circle was always kind of buying me oils and charts and things like that. So I did have a natural interest when I was younger. And then I was just literally, I'll do the course just for the sake of it. I wasn't thinking long term. And then I realised um, with the help of Noelle that I could actually work in that field. So that's how it kind of came about. And I started off with doing two hours a week. Then um, I managed to get out of the office jobs. I worked in a health shop back in Lurgan. I was also doing care work in the community. So I had two jobs plus a couple hours a week doing therapy. And then gradually I was able to phase out the care work in the community so I had like half and half health shop half therapies and then I was able to phase out the health shop till I became full-time self-employed in complementary therapies with a little house of calm and also my contract work here in Belfast. Meeting Noelle and studying homeopathy then got you into the work in the field of 
trauma coming through rough patch yourself you obviously had a great feel for it because you would have had a different approach from somebody who didn't come through that experience but how did the little house of Gong come into that? How did that happen? And actually, Susanna, it was simultaneous. It all actually happened at the same time. I, like I was saying, I was doing a couple of hours a week in the trauma centre. And then um, I started looking around Belfast for places that I could rent to do private work. Because um, I always, I was always wanted, wanting to do private work when I really got the taste for it. So I realised, you know what, I could have my own place. So I decided, let's build the little house of calm. And uh, I broke the news to my mum and dad. And thankfully, they went for it and have been incredibly supportive. Also, the name, I d actually dreamt the name. So I did. What? Yes. Really? So I was like, I'd been mulling over what name I would go for. And uh, yeah, and one night I just, I just dreamt it. And I woke up in the morning, I wrote it down, and I go, that is it. The Little House of Calm. And yeah, so people always say they love the name. It reminds them of the Little House in the Prairie. It kind of stimulates those kind of images in their head. So it's wonderful. I mean, it's just so amazing to be able to work in my own space. It's heaven. I have it exactly the way I want it. You know, the colours, how it flows the room and the on the night side as well you know nice flowers and herbs grown and things like that so the little house of calm has always been there from I started my therapies and um, thankfully I have a wonderful loyal customer base you know and it's such an honor and a privilege to work with such wonderful people you know and they're very good to me and word of mouth is key and they're spread the good word <laughs> well you know actually quite often what happens is they'll go oh I love that I'd love to get my sister that oh my sister really needs something like that and I might get them a voucher and then the sister comes so it's just organically grown like that I've never had a big budget I've never had a big budget to go and do a big advertising campaign or anything like that it was just like one person led to two people to ten people to so on and so forth so I've always done both. I've got, um, I would say I have half and half contract work and other half private work. So you trained in homeopathy, you trained in reflexiology, you were doing all this therapy work. And so did it just come naturally or were you just naturally led to do all your other trainings or was it something that you thought would help you further your work or was it something that you thought you needed to do for a professional or a personal growth? Well, really, I'd say all of my therapies that I, that I practice all started initially with my own personal experience of them, you know? So reflexology and experience of that, and that's why I'm deeply passionate about it, because I know how invaluable it can be, how good it can be for our overall health. Aromatherapy, I am in love with aromatherapy oils. Um, and I find them really invaluable for strengthening my, my, my immune system. You know, and they, they enhance massage, without a doubt. They enhance massage with all their medicinal properties. And homeopathy. I, I went through homeopathy therapy first. 
and when I got the certain results that I got from it, you know, it really helped me get on to another level. It's energy medicine. I was like, I love that too. That really worked for me. So every time I've done something that's worked for me, I went and trained in it. Life coaching as well. I had, I went on my life coaching journey, which was my next, my latest sort of step in the last few years was doing a whole series of life coaching. And from that, found it invaluable, really got me on to the next level. And they goes, right, I want to train in that. You know, it's exciting. I don't do anything that I haven't experienced benefits from, you know. And, and, and then I just get drawn to things as well. I'll just read up. I'm always reading, like you, Susanna, researching the last 10 years. You have a natural interest. You know, it's a way of life. So, you know, I'm reading about the stuff in my spare time because I'm naturally interested in it anyway. So I just find out about the latest therapies and what people get from it and then I'll, I'll look it up and get some myself and then see what happens and if I really like it then I'll train on it. I think you, you, you bring people along in your own journey like I'm not saying I have it all sorted I'm not like you know walking around like on a cloud of pure calm I'm only human and um, as I grow and develop I just pass that on to my clients you know I don't feel like I'm miles ahead of people or anything like that. I'm not. Don't want to be putting myself up on a pedestal that I've got it all figured out. I don't. But as I grow and develop, I just pass it on. Because you have a, a few of these disciplines that you've been trained in, and you have um, obviously quite a variety of clients. Is there a particular therapy that's your favourite, and why? Okay. So definitely hard to narrow it down in some respects, but you know. Absolutely reflexology. I personally feel it has the edge over um, most therapies. You're connecting into, you're stimulating, first of all, you're stimulating nerve endings in the feet. And through stimulating the nerve ending, it sends the message to the related part. So like, for example, the big toe is connects in with the head, the pituitary gland, neck and sinuses and things like that. And so you can stimulate points in the toe that will help alleviate symptoms. It's also really good for promoting circulation. But it, the main thing with reflexology, you know, people actually are always, oh, can you tell what's wrong with me? And want, people are wanting you to diagnose them and all that. I don't do that. For me, reflexology, the main and most important thing is that you induce a deep state of relaxation. And from that, people will feel more balanced because their bodies get an opportunity to rest and heal. Their minds get a chance to rest. People really do get so many benefits. It's so rewarding. My job is so rewarding. I love it. You know, I've people come in who haven't slept in 20 years and the next thing they're sleeping like a... A babe and <laughs> some people oh all sorts of feedback I remember one woman recently had said um, it's the first time she's felt happy in her life you know she didn't realize she wasn't happy but she's walking around carrying all the stress that's trapped in the body and it helps release it and people become more free in their mind psychologically and physically freer so it is very, it's really important. So reflexology absolutely is my favourite. I think it has the most overall benefits. Now, you're going to be talking about being in touch with your own healing and 
the seminar next week. This is quite interesting because you don't really do events like that very often and I know that this is one of the things that you do every year quite religiously. How did that come about? Because I know you've known John who, who leads the seminar, you've known him for quite a while. How did you guys meet and how did this idea about running a seminar in Belfast once here come about? Can you talk about that a little bit? Certainly. Um, actually, it was when I was studying home homeopathy, I um, went on a summer homeopathy camp, which John ran, and he organised this event every year in Devon, in these beautiful surroundings, so homeopaths from all over England and Ireland and Europe would come along, and it was a, a wonderful place to be for a week. And John would have done, um, it wasn't just homeopathy, the, the lectures, we had all sorts of we had palmistry one time, that was quite interesting. But John would do his own lectures in alkalizing. And I went along to a seminar at the time. So at that time, whilst I was doing maybe a lot of work on my kind of mental, emotional and physical um, things through reflexology and massage, I hadn't really looked so much at my dad. And I went to his lecture. And, you know, I kind of clocked on, God, you know, I do have these various symptoms, like acid reflux. I would have like a lethargic feeling. I was like, this isn't right. I'm 25 or whatever. Um, I shouldn't be feeling lethargic. Like I should be bursting full of life and energy. Yeah, and just, and then feeling really sleepy after like lunch and things. And then, is there another way? And through his lecture, I realized, oh God, there is another way. So at the time, I thought, I'm going to treat myself to the alkalizing starter kit, which is the chlorophyll, the pH drops, the Himalayan salt, the sodium um, bicarbonate of soda, and uh, a few other wee bits. And um, yeah, and that's it. So I started using the alkalizing system, and I went on the alkalizing diet, and I was really, really motivated by it. I loved it. And um, yeah, within a few months, like my taste buds had changed, Food I used to be really attracted to, you know, turned me and uh, I was just naturally attracted to more green and leaf. And through that then, um, John was also branching out and doing lectures elsewhere. And he, uh, yeah, so I just invited him over one year and we had um, 60 people at our first seminar and it was fantastic. And we had the, we had the tonic bar going and yeah, it was pretty cool. And you know, I didn't know how it was going to take off. I didn't know if Lurgan uh, would go for it, but they really went for it. People loved it, so we've just carried it on every year. And uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great day, you know. And we've got a stellar group of, of people there. You know, we've got John, we've got Barbara from Meet Raw Feel Great, who, you know, creates the most amazing lunches and who's full of information, very supportive. She's so... I love having Barbara there because she's so engrossed in it and she really is very generous with her knowledge. I love her food. I don't know if you know, she has been on a vegan chef's course in London for the past six days and she's going to come back so full of She actually emailed me from the course, do you know where can I get fresh coconut meat <laughs> in Belfast? Because I want to use it for the lunch for the seminar. She's she's so into learning, and you would think that she has nothing more to learn. You would think that she knows it all, but she's so constantly learning. How did you actually find her to to make the lunches for the seminar? It was just yeah. I think well, I had went over to the longevity conference in LA, and um, 
that's when I first found out about, found out about raw food and tonic bars and all that kind of thing. So it brought back that knowledge. And um, so then I just researched raw food chefs in, um, in the area and thought this would be fantastic to get this alongside it, you know, because it would really be the, the whole experience. You can learn all about it, plus you can taste it and see how amazing it all is. So that's kind of really how it came about. And Barbara has been fantastic every year coming back, you know, and then also yourself, Susanna, then. You're a wealth of information and, and passion there as well. The people really enjoy chatting to you as well. So they've got, they really have people who are deeply passionate about it surrounding them and they can tap into any one of us on the day and they do do that so it's not just about John it's about you it's about Barbara it's about myself bringing all our expertise to the room and people can tap into that and so it's a wealth of information you know and also inspiration hearing your story how you transformed your health and um, saved yourself from having to go through surgery and Barbara's story curing herself of from arthritis you know, and then my own as well. The first time I went into that seminar was actually when I moved in with you. And that was just a couple of months after I moved in yeah. with you that you went on to the seminar and, and I ended up helping out. And then you introduced me to Barbara, of course, as well. And they're just, I learned so much from these guys. Yeah, and I've learned so much from you. Like that's one of the big, one of the big things I miss living from living with you was all your re getting to taste all your retreats and experiments okay. and all the time it's like i live in the kitchen it's oh, ridiculous how much time i Stephen is so lucky i'm so jealous i wish i had you for my house oh my god <laughs> when we eventually buy a house we need to have a sofa bed or something in the kitchen because i could literally sleep in the kitchen <laughs> i never move away from there it's ridiculous but talking about kitchen and cooking, what is your relationship with vegetables and, and cooking and do you, do you have a favourite veg? Well, I absolutely love vegetables. That's just easy, you know. So, they, I mean, I've always, luckily enough, I've always loved vegetables through childhood and teenage years. It's never been an issue for me. You know, I love vegetables more than anything. My favourite food always has been is soup love vegetable soup there's a tradition of making uh, soup in my family my mom's side of the family and um and i just love it it's just so nourishing so good and hydrating as well you know so it's my favorite food it's my comfort food i make a pot every week really you know and uh, so and veg i love all vegetables celery broccoli lettuce kale spinach i love all the leafy greens that's just effortless. yeah i was just gonna say you didn't realize they're all green <laughs> <laughs> you know peppers everything really yeah i love them all so that's no bother to me um and you know barbara makes up these amazing mixes of sauces and things and it's just like yeah I'm in heaven. Love it all. I love her salads, actually. Mm -hmm. But soups, I'm totally with you on soups. They're yeah. just amazing food. They're just the easiest way. Like, what are you going to have when you're sick? If you're going to have a bowl of soup. Because yeah. it calms you down. It's nourishing. It's comforting. It's easy on your tummy. It's full of nutrients. It's just, 
yeah, soup. That's, yeah. It's fun to be always soup. It is the medicine. It yeah. is the medicine, absolutely. Do you have a favourite soup recipe that you could share with us? This, the soup recipe is really just kind of, the one that I use is just adapted really from my mum's homemade soup. And um, dad would grow the vegetables in the garden, you know, so there's nothing like getting freshly plucked veg and herbs like herbs just bring food alive you know so um yeah so the soup that I love the most would be my mother's homemade soup and then I've adopted it to make it a bit more um bit more alkalizing or whatever you know so um the the recipe is um one of my favorite herbs is soup celery which is native to Ireland and it's just so flavorsome along with leek, parsley, I just love parsley, so cleansing, lots of parsley in there, um, I would put some carrot, maybe a bit of parsnip, and for a bit of extra bite I would throw in some like lentils, green lentils or pie lentil, and um, then I would use the bone broth and some coconut aminos for the stock flavour. And just very gently heat that up, you know, and slowly. I do it in the slow cooker. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, never forget the Himalayan salt. Oh yes, of course, <laughs> Himalayan salt, that's the thing. Do you use any um, any spices or anything to spice it up a little? Yeah, I will, I will use a bit of cayenne pepper, some garlic as well. Oh yes, garlic. I love yeah. garlic. Yeah. There can never be enough garlic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's it's quite uh, plain and simple, but um, delicious and nourishing. And you know, I actually have a bone broth going on at the moment. Yeah, big reveal, guys. I I am not vegan. I'm plant based, and one of the reasons is is I'm I'm just never going to give up bone broth. I'm sorry, all the vegans out there, you're gonna hate my guts now, but I I'm just not <laughs> giving up bone broth. For our listeners who don't know, I have a history of um of irritable bowel disease, and and bone broth is just so good for any bowel disorders. It's just so good for repairing the bowel lining. It's so full of collagen and there is not, no matter what anybody says, there is not any purely plant-based food that can give you the same amount of collagen and help you repair and heal yourself yeah. as quickly as, as the broth can. It's, I've tested different things and this is the thing. It is the thing. If anyone's tested it, Suzanne, you have. <laughs> I know how meticulous you are about everything and when it comes to food and research, you know. And it's, yeah, it's it's one of the things that um, it, it constantly, I have fired up my slow cooker. I don't even put it away um, very often anymore because if I'm not making curry in it or a soup, there's bone broth brewing and, and the bone broth, you know, you, you know yourself, it takes 48 hours at slow cooking to do it properly so um, that slow cooker is constantly on <laughs> and uh, funny enough I bought um, soup celery today quite a big bunch so I might actually make your soup as well because I've run out of my own that's awesome well if people want to find you obviously um, guys we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the seminar um, next week the, the seminar is on Saturday the 27th of January if you want to catch up with Roisin in person the tickets are still on sale i think they're 25 pounds correct they? plus 10 pounds if you would like raw vegan lunch from barbara 
and um, that needs to be booked separately um, if you show up at the door you can do that the tickets will cost 30 on the day 25 if you pre-book so you can catch up with Roisin there if you don't catch up with Roisin at the seminar Roisin how can they find you what's the best way to contact you book a session I have a Facebook page uh, the Little House of Calm I also do private work here in Belfast I rent a room in North Belfast in a beautiful building it's um, the organisation that has it is uh, Vanio and they are a group of psychotherapists and I rent a room off them it's a gorgeous building people really love it it's got a serene feel in it as well so I'm, I'm in Belfast and then I'm also outside Lurgan it's seven minutes outside the town for something that bit extra special. People do feel like they're transported out of this country or whatever. You know, you get a different feel there. But anyway, contact me on Facebook. My work mobile number, you can get that on the Facebook page as well. Or contact me by email. Info at thelittlehouseofcalm.com so if you want to book a session with Roisin or see what she does and have a little bit of a chat to see what therapy would probably suit you best, go on a Facebook and get in touch with Roisin there. And otherwise, we'll probably see you at the seminar. Yes, hope to see you there, folks. Thanks very much, Roisin. Thank you. Thank you very much. So this was my friend Roisin. Uh, I've known this girl for a few years as I mentioned at the start there and to my shame I never realized how very passionate she is about reflexology. Actually all of her work I always knew she had a massive flair for it but I never realized her her passion. From personal experience reflexology is a great therapy and it does work however I think it only works if you allow it if you surrender to it and let it do its work. If you have difficulty relaxing, it may be hard for you to surrender at the start, but with therapists like Roisin, you will get there eventually. Also, unless you take from it what's on offer and carry it through to your life, like Roisin said, it will only work as a temporary release. So learning how to carry that through to your life on a day-to-day basis is the way to go and it might take time and I guess that's when therapists like Roisin come in. I think I actually might need to book a session with Roisin myself sometime soon um, with the way I'm living at the moment. But anyway, as we mentioned, um, you can catch Roisin for a chat at the Oxford Island Seminar. Now we did say it was next week, but if you are listening to it, um, you know that 27th January is only a couple of days away. And that's it if you're listening to it on the week of the podcast release. It has taken me a few days to edit and upload this episode. So, you know, perks of juggling the sweet spot with a full-time job. Saying that, I love my full-time job, so there's that. But I do apologize for leaving you um, such a short notice. Um, although we have been promoting the seminar online and posters are plastered all over our social media. If you haven't seen the poster and you're listening to this before 27th of January 2018, the seminar is at the Discovery Centre at Oxford Island in Craigavon, Northern Ireland. 
on Saturday 27th January 2018 from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and you can talk to Roshin there. The tickets are still available. They're £25 plus £10 for raw lunch from Barbara at Etro Feel Great. The lunch is optional and if you decide to show up on the day you can do that and tickets will be 30 on the day. The seminar is headed by John Jozewski of the College of Living Nutrition and the talk is focused on cancer prevention, blood sugar diet and Roshin will talk about getting in touch with our own healing. All you need to attend is your ticket and an open mind. If you're listening to this episode after the seminar and you're interested, John and Roshin run these types of seminar once a year at the start of every year in Northern Ireland. So maybe you can catch them the next time. I'm also at the seminar signing my cookbook, The Sweet Spot. So um, you can also chat to me there. That's it for me this time. Thank you for listening. Go have some nutritious, comforting soup. Relax and stay healthy. Until next time. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening.